everybody. This is Amazing Fantasy Football. I am Josh, and that guy over there is... Chris. He is Chris. And how are you doing today, Chris? I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm stoked. I'm, I'm yeah. glad we're on schedule yeah. this week on the particular weekday that we record. Well, last week was a little different. Yeah. I had some external factors that mm-hmm. I just really needed to... Yeah. And we got good news and bad um, news there, but I digress. Yeah, I'm just I'm super yeah, excited yeah. about uh, another very important, uh, actionable advice show with wide receiver rankings. And that's what we're here to talk about today is some early wide receiver rankings and how Chris and I different. And I think maybe it's we didn't talk about this before we started recording, but I think maybe it's it's um, okay to realize that we're not gonna we're not here to convince each other. We're just more to here to defend our stance, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I think we've, I, I think we've even gotten better about it over the last past two shows. I think the last because one was I'm a very point. stubborn mule and I will not budge. And <laughs> you're just, yeah, mm-hmm. you're Chris. I'll move at my you're own not pace. Me. You're definitely not Josh. <laughs> um, so this is usually the point where we would talk about some news, but I mean it's still like preseason. You I know, like it it's just. I think I got a little. I mean, Jamar it's like it's like uh, pre Chase right now got, is what it is. Exactly. I think I got a little Jamar Chase hype piece today, but other than that, that's about it. It's hype. Oh, yeah, that's all it is. Is just like hype stuff. Like yeah. you know, Chase Claypool could be like the the could be the next you know god yeah. of wide yeah. receivers, and unless somebody you know, pulls a hamstring um, playing a pickup game in their driveway or something, we'll let you know. You know, <laughs> James Robinson is going to be the bee's knees this year. You know, like just stuff like that. I mean, it's oh, nothing well, really to report on. So until we get some hard and some hard news, you know, or at least some some I don't know, non fluff pieces, let's put it that way. Let's uh let's let's move forward with some rankings. How about that, Chris? Sound I'm good ready. to you? I'm ready for it. Cool, cool. So, um who's the first guy you want to talk about? First guy I have on the docket is a combo uh we like to uh, fit in our uh, you know medium-sized combos here we got uh, actually this would be an, a large uh, we got amari cooper cd lamb and michael gallup kind of as a group here i'm going to focus mm-hmm. on amari kind of at first because that's kind of where uh we me and you differ uh i think i got some old and rank. so to put it into context i have cd lamb at 11 you have him at what 14 right and yep. you have Amari Cooper at 11, and I have him at 20, and then we both have Michael Gallup more or less in a coffin in a graveyard. <laughs> That's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's also fair because yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's my it's it's my statement. I'll sort of stand I'm by sticking it. to it. <laughs> I'll I'll point over there and be like, it's my statement's over there somewhere. There you go. Um, so I'm going to expand upon Amari a little bit at first here because he's kind of the focus in terms of me and you have Amari and CD flip-flop. That's a little more important right now, although it was a little astonishing. So what's your, think, what's your thinking there then? Uh, how low you have Amari. That, that was kind of astonishing there. But um, just a couple quick uh, stats for those folks at home who may not be looking it up. Uh, Amari had 92 catches, 1,114 yards, and five touchdowns. CD had 74 catches, 935 yards, and five touchdowns. Remember, folks, this was without Dak for most of the year. I was just going to say that. Amari ended up wide receiver 16 with 11.9 fantasy points per game. Uh, CD wide receiver 20 with 11.3. So I think, you know, even even just glancing at that right off the top of my head here, it's like even if you want to superimpose those, we obviously think those numbers are going to be better with a healthy deck. Mm-hmm. So even if you wanted to flip-flop them and say, you know, CD 
over Amari as you have him. I mean, still, I mean, Amari should be higher than 20th. I mean, how big of a target fall is he going to make? Okay, uh, so this is, this is, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt you here for a second, mm-hmm. but so this is my thinking on um, a CeeDee Lamb versus Amari Cooper and where I have him ranked. Um, I feel like I'm putting CeeDee Lamb above Amari because I think he's going to overtake Amari as the wide receiver one in Dallas this year. That's that's my first point. My second point of Amari Cooper being down at 20 is that there was just, you know, those, what, eight guys in between that I just liked a little bit better, a little bit less than CD, but a little bit better than Amari. It's just kind of the, the, the nature of the beast when you're doing rankings is that sometimes it's like, like, for example, like I had T.Y. Hilton, you know, buried in a grave next to like Michael Gallup. And it was just like, that seems like a criminal act here, but... You know, just like you start looking at the names above them, like, yeah, I guess, you know. I'm, I just feel like the names above them are very similar players, not in player type, but in, like, situation. Like, you're talking about a Julio Jones, who's a, who's, who's, who's a two, right? Is he not? Yeah, um, and maybe Julio's just a tad too high. Adam Thielen, okay. who's a two on a, on a relatively run-heavy offense, Godwin, et cetera. I, I just, I think it's, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, apple versus apple, orange versus orange. Like, it's... I don't know. I, I think the target. A Randy Smith versus a Fuji is, is might or, say. Or, or Randy Smith. I still heard Randy Johnson the first time. I was like the big unit. Anyway, I said uh, Granny Smith. I don't know who that is. They're, they're types of apples. Oh, Granny Smith. I heard Randy. There's no Randy Smith oh, apple. <laughs> I know there, you're not a foodie, no, but, but man, been, at least a Granny Smith and I know a Fuji, exactly what a granny, apples. I know what they are. I heard Randy, uh, but there's been no indication that Mari is going is going is not going to return as the primary. And assuming health, uh, that was there was a little whisper in the bushes about a week or so ago about he was cutting it close for training camp. But sorry, who's that? Amari, but we haven't in, had any indication otherwise. Now, I also think I have an interesting perspective as a Dallas fan in terms of like I kind of want to side with you because I do want kind of the heir apparent, but I also think they can coexist. I think there's numerous offenses, numerous wide receiver yep. duos that will go through throughout the off season and and regular season where we're legitimately starting two guys like the Godwins and Evans, the Thielens and Jeffersons. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at the with CD Cooper. And the CD and Amari's and the you know the yeah. Well, I mean, Cooper has – Cooper's not only – McLaurin's and the, and the Curtis Samuels. Yeah, I do like McLaurin, <laughs> to be fair, and I do have him very close. Cooper has not only done it last year with Dak, but unlike CD, he's done it like five total times. He's gotten 1,000 yards. You have a guy in Cooper Cup above uh, – well, uh, this was the times when I looked at the outdated rankings, but obviously Cup is above uh, – still above Amari. Uh, that has only had 1,000 yards one time. I mean, Amari's done it like and five has a, times. And it has a much better quarterback now. I know, but so does Amari, <laughs> a much better quarterback. Yeah, and so and so once again, I, I think that CD Lamb, I'm taking talent over situation, and CD Lamb is much more talented than Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is not no slouch. Don't get me wrong, but CD talent, uh, CD talent, uh, <laughs> CD Lamb is <laughs> yes, CD CD Lamb is oh, you ha- you cannot argue that he is the better all around wide receiver than Amari Cooper, right? I'm sorry. Repeat that statement. I didn't. I didn't catch it. You can. Uh, can you not argue that Ceedee Lamb is the better all-around wide receiver than Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper not necessarily might be, at this point in their careers. No. Set, I don't think there's many better route runners in the league than Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper is on a Stefan Diggs level of route running specifically. He didn't have the year Stefan did. I, Stefan did. I get it. But like as far as route runners in the league, easy top five for Amari, and that okay. is not Ceedee at this point in his career. 
So no, I think you can absolutely disagree with that statement. Now, I'll also make some other arguments, not only in this show and going moving forward in the offseason, where it's like I'm arguing the younger talent of a receiver is going to take over. So again, as a Dallas fan, I want you to be right. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to come in with a strong target share and a high volume offense. And I just, I see CD Moore as a high end wide receiver too. And Amari is a low end one. And uh, maybe we should, you know, uh, wind it, wind it down with uh, some Gallup talk. Where, where are you at with him? He, he's in it. He's in a, in a, in a coffin buried in, as you in said. a graveyard you know I, over there I think, somewhere i think given your mari if if that's you know if you were if we were to be a show that statistically uh projected our 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 players okay i think okay, i think, Gal- okay. I think gallup so, would have wait, to be wait, higher wait, 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 i think wait, gallup should be higher wait, for wait. both of us was my was my last statement about that put your money where your mouth is oh about amari and uh, cd yeah yeah now we're talking points. now we're talking now we're talking uh so for a snickers bar etc total fantasy points mm-hmm. On the board. Do it. Going on the board. Did you write it down? We're gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. uh, We're gonna get Josh a webcam, and we're gonna have a. We're gonna have a board cam, and we're gonna switch to it, so you can see Josh's sticky notes. Is that? That's what you literally just did, was it not? Yeah, I just wrote on a sticky note, and it's gonna go on my bulletin board after after we're done with the show. I'm not gonna do it right now. No one needs to see me do that. Um, I, I I just don't think like I I. I think we're maybe kind of splitting hairs a little bit here in the sense that, like, I... What? 20th? You've got Amari at 20. It's still a wide receiver, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's fine. We don't have to... Like, you're not... I'm not trying to convince you. It's my personal rankings, once again. I know. I know. I just don't think that it's that big of a difference. I think the bigger difference is that I have CD over Amari and you have Amari over CD. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. No, I made that point at the beginning of the discussion. I was, I I thought it was more important to hammer down on why either. What were you going to say about Gallup? That was more or less it. I was just, uh, you know, I th- I was saying with your 20th uh, wide receiver 20 Amari ranking, I feel like that should give a little more volume to Gallup. And so, therefore, I think he should be higher. But I also think he should be higher for both of us. I think um, we're kind of forgetting about Blake Jarwin, too. That's and, a really good point. And the backs as well. And yeah. We didn't really touch on him in a tight end show too much, did we? It seems like several weeks ago. But, um, no, I do like Jarwin here. That's a good point. <laughs> it's still a good point about Jarwin, yes. So, uh, I think I'm good. On to the next. Let's move along to I think you're up. I know that my Darnell Mooney argument is pretty much the same as my Cole Com- like the same argument I make for Cole Komet, but here's one last time that I'm going to say mm-hmm. it. Um, I... I mean, as you can see by my wide receiver 33, he's, I don't have him projected as a wide receiver two or anything like that. And that's the low end of, of, of you know, the, the wide receiver three range. Uh, yeah. And and I'm not saying that it's like people need to take him at that, at that spot. And I'm going to say that the same thing with, you know, um, one of the guys you're going to be talking about in a little bit. But this is definitely a rate like where I'm comfortable with taking him. And I think that I by the time the end of August, the early September rolls around, these guys are going to be run, running up people's draft boards because in last year in 2020, Darnell Mooney, like at time, there was at times when you watch those Bears games, it looks like they were forcing the ball to Mooney. 
and I'm not really sure why they were doing it because sometimes I'm well, like, why would you do that? Like he's, he's definitely covered. He's a deep threat. I think. I think there's yeah, a he is. He, I mean, they, he was he was to in, taking those deep. Shots. I was reading his draft Keep profile when I was doing research for the show, and they were talking about him being a slot receiver. I'm like, mm, I mean, well, he's I mean, like a six foot one, you know, like four three nine forty runner. Like, yeah, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's. I don't know if I would necessarily call him a slot receiver speed. either. I agree. I mean, I understand teams want to, sometimes they want a, a yak type of speedy guy. Uh, but I would agree that he's more of a downfield. That threat. wasn't his, that wasn't really his role in college Agreed. either too. I think he's going to be an mm-hmm. opposite side of the field as Allen Robinson. And with Allen Robinson there, you know, I, he's going to pull some, he's going to pull a lot of coverage Allen Robinson way because he is, you know, as of right now, the, the better receiver of the two mm-hmm. because he has that veteran experience and everything. They're not the same type of guy, but they, they, you know, they they could be similar at some point, and you know, like I like I've said in the past with, about Mooney and Cole Komet is that the the combination of uh, I and I'm going to call them Nickel Fulbisky. Maybe you remember that from last night. You maybe tell them that would be Nick Foles and Mitch Fulbisky. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. While um, this isn't a show made for kids, this is a kid friendly show. <laughs> Continue. Nickel Fulbisky. What what is that? Like that? That's not. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, and and I have to say that you know like with those two, Andy Dalton has got to be better than both of them, right? I mean, he's not the greatest guy. He's not the greatest quarterback in the world. Don't get me well, wrong. I mean, don't bury the lead, um, though. I mean, don't bury the lead. Well, what about Fields? I don't think he's going to start the season, so I'm going to I'm going to bank on. You don't think he's going to start at all? This? Oh, so you don't think he's to be the starter to begin the season, or you don't think he's going to start yeah, at all exactly. this season? I, I think there's no, a no, no, no. He's. I don't think he's going to be the starter at the beginning of the season. Okay. I'm not looking – I mean, yeah, you have to look at down the road, but I'm looking at, you know, the first four weeks or so for right now, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be Andy Dalton. And I think and and I think they're going to do it right with, with Fields. They're not just going to throw him to the wolves. They're going to have him sit behind Andy Dalton for a few games at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to make Andy Dalton prove that he's not that good and that Fields belongs – like demands to be on the field. And if Andy Dalton comes out and is okay, like he can be – and he showed that he even last year, you know, that with Dallas, that he's okay. He was given a bad situation there behind that really bad offensive line, yeah, which was mainly, very mainly because of injury, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least I believe it was because of injury. No, it was. Um, and Andy Dalton has also proven in the past that he can support multiple fantasy-relevant wide receivers, too. I mean, this is mainly more back in his Cincy days than it was mm-hmm. last year with, you know, C.D. Gallup and, and Amari Cooper. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he made an okay a very serviceable Amari Cooper by the end of the year. It was kind of a rough sledding with him, but you know, he did, he didn't, Amari Cooper didn't exactly disappear. Neither did CD. Michael Gallup was really more the one that disappeared for the most part after um, Dak got hurt last year, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about da- those receivers anymore. We're talking about Darnell Mooney. I'm just saying like, you know, for a guy in his rookie season, he got 61 catches and over 600 yards and a handful of touchdowns. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely room for growth. And, you know, he had 98 targets. This is with the same coaching staff, the exact same coaching staff here. So I feel like they're going to get Mooney involved more in his sophomore season. And because of that, I have him at wide receiver 33. How do you feel about that after all my Darnell Mooney? Uh, My two main takeaways, given the difference we have, is that... Uh, number one, I want to look at Mooney as more of an upside play, and in particular as it relates to fields. So whether that's a I value him a little bit lower on draft day, um, 
because I'm worried that Dalton gets off to a cold start or, or I believe Fields is a starter from day one. I'm not there yet. Don't, don't, don't say that yet. But, um, and the second thing I was going to say is, uh, as it relates to my ranking specifically, cause I am a little low, um, is that I think a big difference in our discrepancy, I'm sorry, is that 12 slots, 10, 12, no 15. more 15. Thank you. Um, that there's a lot of rookies that I'm willing to throw a, throw a dart on, take a chance on in that drop off area, like wide receiver. Yeah, you're way ish. you're way more into rookies than I am. I'm way and way in, especially yeah. Especially when I, it comes to receivers, mm-hmm. I am I am definitely going to hold off I on s- rookie wide receivers. I, I see it across the board, except backs. for maybe Etienne and running back. I get it, uh, but I also see it in quarterback. I don't want to beat a dead horse throughout this offseason discussion. I am higher on rookies than you are, uh, or at least one might say I'm closer to consensus on rookies than you are. Cause you I'm are still... definitely higher on, on rookie wide receivers than I am. Okay. Um, so those are my two, two main takeaways is uh, that, uh, uh, you know, I, I could also raise on him a, a little. You're willing to take a leap of faith with a rookie in a subpar situation. Yeah. I mean, I have Jamar Chase at wide receiver 20, 28, and you have Mooney at... Um, situation. Right. And, like, for example, I have Chase at... 28 and you have uh, i'm sorry moving at 32 right so that's four spots like I, I i expect so much more production from chase but again it comes down to our difference of opinion there as far as uh, rookies and mooney specifically are you trying to are you trying to segue into jamar chase is that what you're trying to do? sure because i planned that i like to think it was kind of on purpose but but subconscious no but where you finished subconsciously where, where you, was where, I was done with Moody. Were you done? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Um, so let's move on to Chase. See, it would have been better if you wouldn't have just asked me. You should have just kept rolling, man. You're right. You're right. I should have just, just, you're right. It felt natural. Anyway. Um, so, uh, again, I got some outdated rankings, but I'm at wide receiver 28 on Chase. Have you risen at all? You had him at 47 some time ago. Um, let me double check this here. I've got it right here, actually. 35. So a whole round. So we're still, that's less than a round apart. Um, seven, so, seven spots, but just nine, to touch real quick whatever. on the gen, general, right. Just to chuck into the general rookie conversation one last time, cause it's just the beginning of my notes here on chase is that like, Oh, I oh just, real, real quick, real quick uh-huh. before mm-hmm. you go into your chase spiel is that with one last thing about Darnell Mooney is that your, your ranking is kind of more reflects his ADP than mine. And like I said, I'm like, I think he's going to go up. Once again, I think and I said I was willing to raise people's too, draft yeah. boards, and maybe I do. Raise and, but I mean, like you, you, I, I am more optimistic, and then you know, if I guess mm-hmm. if there's there's not a lot of interest as ADP kind of moves and everything, if there's not a lot of interest, you in, might see in some movie, value there. I guess I'll slide him down, but I'd rather keep him there for a quite quite a while before you know. Let's hear about just to show that quarterback and all that. In, in, in yeah, Chicago. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep That's going fine. your chase thing. I mean, heck, I mean, Mooney's only a second year player speaking of rookies. Um, so, uh, I just, I just want to touch on like, I don't see the willingness to like basically bury a, a guy to make him undraftable in, because he's a rookie. Um, you know, I'm just saying at the right price, these rookies are always, are always, these rookies can be as productive as a 10 year veteran. Uh, so I just don't want to miss out on a, on a great Definitely. player. Um, but you know, take that into account when we're talking redraft and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to our, you know, our viewers and whatnot. Um, well, I mean, and, and so here's my stance on rookies, especially wide receivers is that they're more, I feel like they're more hit or miss than they are like with running backs. It's, it's a harder position to, to transition to. Yeah. 
And so yeah, to I'm a little I'm that. usually a little more skeptical and and it would be and my take it's on Jamar Chase would be a lot different if mm-hmm. there wasn't Tyler Boyd and Tiggins there already. And I have and we have a pretty high opinion. If it was Tiggins, just yeah. if it was just Boyd and a nobody, or if it was just Tiggins and a nobody, then I would be more on board with Chase. He would definitely be higher up in the rankings. But mm-hmm. when he's fighting with two very I mean, Boyd is a definite veteran and Tiggins is entering his sophomore season, but still, like he, they've already been in the NFL for a little bit more. So I'm gonna, and I actually have Tiggins above Jamar Chase just because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 it's not that I dislike. It's not that I dislike. I, the, I the do too. I mean, I, I, player, I, I, it's just. I, I, do I have Boyd under? I must have Boyd under Jamar, but I. So, uh, so say I have Jamar Higgins Chase a few had spots gone to the Lions. Chase. Like, like perfect example. Say Jamar Chase had gone to the Lions like he should have. And and the and the the, mm-hmm. um, the, the, mm-hmm. the Bengals actually took uh, Penny Sewell like they should have. I yeah, would be way more on board with Jamar Chase than I would be now, based off sheer volume. Even with Jared, even with a even with a yeah, that's what I'm getting at. But Jared based Goff on sheer volume, that would have to be your approach there. I just, I yeah, it's, it's a bad a team. Situation. I think he this offense a, is going to be the same talent. He just has a much better situation. I That's think all. he has better situation in Cincinnati because he's going to be the key cog of a much much better offense. I don't think so, but that's fine. And a much better quarterback. But but I I, I say I digress. Actually, I'm not going to digress. I'm going to stay. Ta- I'm going to keep talking about Jamar Chase. <laughs> no. Um. So I think the big uh kind of knock not only on the move you know IRL the uh, draft pick that the Bengals actually made in, in Jamar Chase, <laughs> but also. Uh, you know, in fantasy terms, because one could make the argument they should have gone offensive line to protect uh, Burrow and keep him upright, throwing to the likes of Higgins and Boyd and whoever else they may have gotten in the second or third round at, at, as a pass catcher. Uh, but it's not like they didn't address O line at all. Um, but instead of addressing in the first, they took Chase fifth overall. Uh, they took uh, Jackson Carmen offensive tackle Clemson. In case you hadn't heard, Clemson's pretty good. He made third oh, yeah. team all. Yeah, yeah, okay. He made third team all ACC in 2019, second team all ACC in 2020, and they uh, added Riley Reef in free agency. Go Hawks! Uh, the obvious okay. connection with Burrow is another good reason that people are going to uh, take this narrative. Um, it's a match made in heaven in terms of the historical season they put up. I mean, we all know he put up 20 touchdowns. That's like 10th all time, 1,780 yards, 14th all time. He did all this with Justin Jefferson putting up. 111 catches and 18 touchdowns himself. And who was the third guy again? I didn't make it that deep, but I should know off the top of my head. It was uh, Ruggs, wasn't it? No, no, that no, was no. Alabama. Ruggs is Alabama. Um, oh, fish. What Jamar. Is third uh, not guy? Jamar. The guy I took in Dynasty, uh, Terrace. Terrace. Terrace I don't, Marshall? Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if... if yeah, anyway, yeah, I Sorry, think they did overlap because they didn't play in 2020, so... Um, yeah, so that was with Justin Jefferson putting up 111 catches. I love the ideas of Tiggins and Boyd, along with Chase, of course, taking this offense to the next level in 2021. I've just touched on that a little bit. Uh, top 10 easily as far as the offense goes, and Chase is going to be a huge part of that. Uh, he's played uh, with amazing talent, and I think Bengals did enough on the O-line in particular at tackle to keep Burrow upright and healthy. Chase is more valuable. Uh, he will end up more valuable than my wide receiver 28th ranking uh, Probably at the end of the day is where I'm at with with Mr. Jamar Chase. Well, all right. I'm going to need some more camp news on that one for me to start moving him. I think he's pretty much 
ceiling like ceiling down mm-hmm. on on my rankings unless I hear about something a lot different. And I I've been here from what I've been reading and seeing is that Tiggins is really impressing in camp. Once again, fluff pieces. So once again, there's offenses in the league like Dallas and Cincinnati and San Diego that can support or Minnesota or Green Bay. Well, not Green Bay lately, but that can support two stud wide receivers. I think Green Bay could support many wide receivers. They just need some talented wide receivers. Yeah, they need somebody there to do it. That's why I, 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 I kind of took that one back. I was like, go back a couple more years with Jordy and, uh, uh, well, not Cobb's even a bad example. Yeah, I'm okay. so far removed from that. It's yeah, bad. Maybe that Anyways, bad let's, move, let's keep moving. Yeah. Let's keep yeah. moving. Um, so that was your Jamar Chase thing. Let's, um, let's move on to, let's just get the, the meat of it out of the way. And uh, we'll talk about some Pittsburgh Steelers here. There you go. There you go. Um, you have Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 22, which is respectable and probably where he should be going. I have him at 45. We'll get to that mm-hmm. in a second before you start flipping out. Um, I had, <laughs> you have Jamar, or Jamar, you have Chase Claypool at uh, wide receiver 33. I have him at 36. That's very close, but we're going to talk about him anyways Pittsburgh because receiver, just, right? just, just let us get there. Mm-hmm. And you have Juju at 38, and I have him at 45. Now, here's the real kicker here, folks, as you can kind of tell if you're just m- kind of mentally keeping along. I have Chase Claypool, the best um, Pittsburgh, best-ranked Pittsburgh wide receiver, and followed by Juju and then Deontay Johnson. You have it Johnson, Claypool, oh, Juju. Juju. And here's here's my thing. Drops are not an official NFL stat. They are not. But according mm-hmm. to Sports Info Solutions, they have Deontay Johnson at 16 drops last season. That doesn't sound like a lot considering how much volume he had and everything. Mm-hmm. Because I know you're about to say this. Here's the thing about 14 of those 16 drops. Do you know where they came from? You know, did you, Do you know if they were short, medium, or long balls at all? Were they were they were they uh, underneath the line of scrimmage? They were within the five wide receiver screens. Your point is they were concentration drops. Yeah, concentration is is an issue, and that's one of my things I didn't say about Amari Cooper is that he has definitely battled with concentration problems. He's had boom bust games. The beautiful thing about that is you you can coach it. He has clean. Amari has definitely cleaned up his game over the past couple years. You can coach it right out of him, just like they will with Deontay. He'll be good. You can, but sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. The guy was also benched because of yeah. his drops. Yeah, he and he. I mean, he was a pro about it. Like he was, he took it in stride. Like he knew he was like, yeah, I know. And then he, and then he came back to the next game. Drops. I'm just. I I think that I know that Chase Claypool is raw, and but they did they do have some draft capital put into him. But this guy, he's a six four two thirty five guy that ran a four four two forty. You know who that reminds me of? Megatron. Oh, yes. And you know I love me some Megatron. I would marry Calvin Johnson and have his children if I was physically capable of doing mm-hmm. so. Um, he's helped me win a championship or two. So, you know, kind of love him. Um, I'm not saying that you, that, that nabbit. I'm not saying that Claypool is Megatron or is going to be. He's definitely a much more raw prospect. But I think just because a bit like like Amari Cooper or like Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, I'm taking the talent over the actual guy. Like the other guy that has, you know, yeah, it might be Deontay Johnson, it might be Amari Cooper. I'm gonna take the talent of Chase Claypool and CeeDee Lamb over those two. You know? I, I think Juju I think you, is I think unfortunately you're like route running as a talent. I like these two Deontay's a heck of a route runner, man. Like 
that's their claim to fame is separation and they get open they're not claypool and cd they're not these physical freaks you know like i mean when you say talent i they, think they, maybe you just hammer they, down on that word they, a little they, bit they, like they athletic create, talent maybe space because of their footwork and and their and their elusive elusivity elusiveness elusiveness there we go <laughs> Versus just speed and physical, and, you know, and yeah. physical play. I got yeah. you. I know yeah. it's it's yeah. so two sides of the same coin, more or less. You yeah. know, one side is is you know techni- technician, the other one is physical freak. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. I'm still taking. I'm still taking Claypool and CD over those two. And then, is it just me or does Juju just feel like a, a like a, a a vanilla sandwich? Like, it's just like yeah, so... yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a one one statement I was going to make on him when you were finishing up, but go ahead. You know, like in terms of, I mean, like yeah. he he was the number eight wide receiver in. I'm sorry, was that to the 20, 2018? And that was ob- obviously ob- opposite of Antonio Brown. Yeah, that and helped a lot in hindsight. <laughs> I, and is it was it the Antonio Brown effect, or was it just Juju was in the right place at the right time? Has he well, slowed down a little bit? Like he doesn't, he didn't look really look the same last year. I think that's important to mention, right place, right time, because what I wanted to touch on most importantly is is how one feels about Ben's health, or is he washed? I don't think he's washed. I don't. I think my rankings reflect that. Now, I don't think he's going to be Big Ben of old. I think they'd like to keep him a little better protected. I think uh, his Which arm will return do. to some form, but I also don't think that he's going to be you know, shrugging off tacklers and launching it 60 yards down the field. He can't really do that anymore. I think Deontay is more your short option because he's a possession, route-running type of guy who's going to help the offense matriculate the ball down the field. Yes, they run a run it. That's reflected in my uh, Najee ranking. Uh, and of course, uh, the offensive line is is a big uh, a device. Let's, device let's just leave it at that. Exactly. Um, and I feel a little differently than you do there. Uh, and then I think the last That's thing fine. Uh, was uh, I'm sorry, I forgot what your last statement was that I was going to touch on. You reminded me of. Uh, it's neither here nor there. Um, that Deontay and, Johnson is crap versus. <laughs> No, I'm no. Just, I, it might have been I volume. Mean, I mean, I, I had him at 118 tar- targets, 118 targets per year uh, in his in his right. short two year career. So there's something along those lines, maybe. But uh, no, that's that's how, that's where I'm at with the offense as a whole. I expect a positive regression back to the mean in terms of I think it, last okay, year was okay, the aberration. Just, we're gonna take we're gonna take a digression from this. Mm-hmm. If it's a positive regression, isn't it? Just I a think it regression? is. I may not be the person asked that. I'll be honest, but uh, like I think that that's really, how you, I think. Really, I know it doesn't make really sense to me either. My hide, if you will, like it, like I hear this all the time. Like, because oh, you hear the regression part, regression. and you like, think that's a progression. No, because when you hear regression, you think of a negative term, and I don't think re is negative. I think it's just coming back to the sum. Come, I'm sorry, coming back to the medium, coming back to the so average. Is there aggression? Then? It's not. It's it, not like, a negative not, not per se. It just happens to be moving in a negative return. It just, it just, yeah, that's all I got. It just means if he's high and statistically average speaks that he's going to come down low, you think of regression, but it works the same way in the other way. It's regressing back to the mean. It's not going in a negative pattern. Does that make sense? <laughs> so, but so I, yeah, maybe well, we won't go into the ins and outs of positive regression versus progression here, and, and not while we're recording. We'll, we'll hash this out afterwards, and we'll get back to you next week about uh, what is the the correct statement to say. I say regression. Other people say positive regression. Let's move on with the day.
Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so more or less, just to kind of sum it up, I know I have Deontay Johnson too low, and I know ADP is going to be way different on, than me on that, but like I said, Claypool, talent, just sheer like potential upside. Oh, sweet fancy Moses. Gimme, 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 gimme. Okay, who's the next guy you want to talk about? Uh, next guy I have to talk about. The next guy I want to talk about is Gabriel Davis. Um, Gabe Davis, a guy I love. I've got him at wide receiver 47. I think I even am a bit on the positive side as far as consensus, but I think you have him. Is it a positive regression side? No, definitely not. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> did you raise a couple slots? Or do you have a wide receiver 32? I've got it right here. Why am I asking you? It's like 34-ish. Okay, right around, okay, 33. Um, had great yards per catch, 17.1, but an awful catch rate at 56.5. He had seven touchdowns. That's, I think, a big part of the reason why I'm also Dang. drawn to him a little bit. He's obviously a deep threat and has good size at 6'2", 216, uh, but I don't like reaching almost three rounds for a guy without a guaranteed path to production because not to mention, mm-hmm. you know, Measley's still in town. He's going nowhere, and they did sign Emmanuel Sanders. He posted 82 targets, 61 catches, and five touchdowns with uh, with uh, New Orleans uh, last year. I think the vet Sanders and Beasley will be a big enough role to hurt Davis's value and uh, knock him out of the wide receiver three territory with an ADP of 62.5. You're more willing to take about 30 picks ahead of that uh, uh, before the likes of like a Justin Gage. Um, uh, I think you mean about. Uh, I think you mean about probably five rounds. You're just you're looking at just wide receiver ranks versus. I'm sorry. Actual. Good call. Yeah. Good call. That's, no, that's fine. No, that's fine. Yeah, you're willing um, and, to take about thirty again, picks in the wide receiver ranks. Before yeah, you, yeah. before you continue again, Gabe mm-hmm. Davis. He's just like Darnell Mooney. Is that I think that like it's, I it's think that throw. it's going. He's going to. He's going to level up this season. I think there's definite chances of doing so. I think that I think they got they let John Brown go because of what Gabriel. Da- I know the team loves Gabriel Davis. They have came out and said that they really really like him, and mm-hmm. he's the reason why they let John Brown go. That and John Brown's constant injuries, but they think I think that he's going to step it up. And those numbers that he put up last season were just rookie numbers, and that he's going to be, or I'm like not going to be. He has the definite potential to be a wide receiver three and therefore I'm taking him as I'm go I'm going to look for him as that. If it means come draft time, his ADP is way less than that, then I'm going to wait on him. And I, but I will be reaching a round or two if it gets down to it, because I think that he has that potential and that's why he's ranked right there. That's all. I just think, I don't know. I just feel like you're willing to take a, a Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Davis, like 30 picks for like a Russ, uh, Russell Gage. Who's got 120, like, almost like guaranteed targets coming his way. John Brown. Not guaranteed. 50, well, yeah. I mean, we're all speculating here, right? Right. 51 targets. That's what John Brown had last year. Granted, John Brown is always in and, in and out of the lineup, but Beasley's still there and they brought in Sanders. Injured. Yeah, I know, but I think he they, had COVID and then he, I think he had a hamstring problem as well. Um, but Beasley's still there. Sanders is coming into town. I just can't see the volume being there for this guy. Not not at not at the I think the, the one thing that I don't care about, I don't care about Emmanuel Sanders being there. I think Emmanuel Sanders is in the very he's on his last leg in the NFL. You think he gets I cut? Think he's, no, because I think they need the wider receiver depth and I think they like his veteran presence as well. He's a good locker room guy from what I've heard. Um I just don't think that he's going to be a stand up 
going to like like going to pass Gabriel Davis on the depth chart because of what he did in New Orleans last year, which wasn't much, not much. And that was with targets and catches. It was more than Davis, and it was a better catch rate, significantly better. It's but upside. Davis did it's most of his. Davis. He did most Seven of his damage at the end of the season, whereas whereas Emmanuel Sanders did it throughout the entire season. I just don't think you could say the same thing about Davis that that he's going to get 120 targets or anything in that ballpark. I didn't say he was going to get 120 targets. I think he's going to need it. I don't think his touchdowns is going to be as good. As I think I'm they're going to be right about. I think he's going to get right about the same amount of targets with more, and his and his catch percentage will be better. And, um. I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> you think he'll repeat touchdowns? Obviously be less efficient with touchdowns because he'll play more games and get more targets, but he'll still score somewhere exactly. around like seven or ten, maybe. Maybe uh, progress. I'm, I'm going to say about eight because okay. that just seems like a good wide receiver two sort of touchdown number, you know, but his mm-hmm. yards and catches will go up because mm-hmm. he will get where, you know, Whereas Gabriel Davis, he did he played he started in eleven games and he says he played in sixteen. But really, when you looked at the game by game, all of his like I said just a just a few seconds ago, all of his damage was done in the last like six games of the season when he kind of you know got got closer to the NFL speed. You know, so if you give him an, an entire solid season, that could easily get close to like nine nine hundred to a thousand yards with you know. What eighty catches and eight touchdowns? That's wide receiver three right there, all the way, man. If not a wide receiver two, no way right? he sniffs eighty catches. No way he sniffs eighty catches. Okay, that's where I'm at in terms of those. Cool, the, I'm, that's, that's fine. That's, that's your opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have mine. Whatever. Right. Yep. Cool. Next on is that me? No, that was yes, that was me. You are up, sir. Um, my next, my next guy, my next guy right there is gonna be Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. I don't know why I'm doing Southern accent. Curtis Samuel got him at wide receiver forty-five. I got him at thirty-one. I'm still doing it, and I have no idea why. There we go. Got out of it. Got out of it. Um, <laughs> Good job. Sorry, sorry. A little tired. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel. He was a wide. Re- he was a wide. He was a running back for more of a halfback for Ohio State back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, guess who drafted Curtis Samuel? Ron Rivera, the current Washington football team head coach. Oh yeah, they straight up brought him over. <laughs> yeah, they were like. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. but that says something about Ron Rivera. Uh, Ron Rivera has something good to say about Curtis Samuel, and obviously Curtis Samuel thinks enough of Ron Rivera to sign with the football team there. Um. You know, like he was, and he was a second round pick too. So that's, that's not bad. Um, let me see here. What else did I write down? Oh yeah. Because, um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the new starting cornerback in, in Washington. Did they draft a rookie? Uh, did they draft anyone in the, in the, in the at wide receiver? At yeah. Or is it I still Kyle Allen and whatever? So. He, oh, okay. quarterback? Did you know that Curtis Samuel ran a four, three, one in the combine in 2017? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was he was that quick. Anyways, so and here's my main thing about Curtis Samuel is that he, like these other guys, I think he has breakout potential here and to kind of replicate what he did last year with the with the Carolina Panthers, maybe minus those uh what was it like 41 rushing attempts and I think that a lot of that was due to CMC missing the majority of the season. But and we all think really highly of or at least we all. The two of us think really highly on of Terry McLaurin, right? 
So yes. why can't it, why can't we also think highly about Curtis Samuel as well? Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown over multiple teams and multiple years that he can support two very fantasy uh, relevant wide receivers. In 2015, he did it with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker for the New York Jets. Both had over 10 uh, or 1000, both had over a thousand yards and at least ten touchdowns. In 2017, he did it with Mike Evans and a fantasy uh, fantasy relevant at times Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin. Jackson was hurt, of course. Did it again in 2018 with Chris Godwin slash Adam Humphreys and Mike Evans. And to a lesser extent, he did in 2019 with Devontae Parker and a rookie, Preston Williams slash Mike Gusecki. So, I mean, he can definitely support the he's there's if if there's that if he doesn't throw 20 interceptions like he can at, at times, there's definitely going to be a chance for Curtis Samuel to be very fantasy relevant. And I don't really think that Logan Thomas is really going to be that much of a factor. I know people are are drafting Logan Thomas like he's mm-hmm. going to be the bee's knees. He was he was good last year. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sure, like take away was. what mm-hmm. I don't want to take away from Logan Thomas what he did last year. It's just that Ryan Fitzpatrick has a pretty extensive history of not using tight ends that much. He just doesn't favor him all that much. He'd rather throw the ball deep. And Logan Thomas isn't like a real deep threat kind of guy like a Gasecki or um give me another a uh, a uh, 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 Kyle Pitts if you will. Um <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, for sure. I think it's going to be Curtis Samuel. There's going to maybe be a mix of Diami Brown in there, the rookie that they drafted in the third round, I believe it was. Um, but and and Adam Humphreys is still there too, and you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Adam Humphreys hasn't really been that fancy relevant since he played with Ryan Fitzpatrick before. So, I think I think there's a real good chance of Curtis Samuel sniffing a thousand yards this season. Mm-hmm. What say mm-hmm. you, sir? Um, I see, I see I, you I over there hesitate. reading and looking yeah, and whatever. I'm what a, you got? What you got? I would hesitate a little on the thousand yards receiving. Uh, however, said, could, what I'm could what I'm looking it. at here is all he's done in the past two years. Uh, 2019 finished as a wide receiver three. 2020 finished as a wide receiver two. At least that's what I saw. 20. Uh, where where did he finish? Uh, that's impressive. Um, furthermore, uh, to your point, I. Am high on the Washington offense. Um, I'm not going to give a ton of Logan Thomas pushback. I I, I like him. Um, I don't have my tight end uh, ranks uh, ready to go. I'm right not now trying to convince him. you, man. I'm just I'm defending. No, no. I, I, I I'm telling you, I've been convinced in terms of. I think he was just a product of a guy getting pushed down, a guy uh, probably looking too much at ADP, and I've got him ranked right around there. So I've got as terms of value. I might get a steal there, but no, I can almost guarantee he's going to come up for me in terms of a, let me, let me, let me give you a couple names real quick to kind of both get me and you talking about it. So like Chase, Chase, yeah, like a, so a Tyler Boyd, perfect. If I'm going to be so high on Chase, maybe I could take a Samuel over a Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 32 ish. Um, now you go up a little bit further and I've got the likes of Sutton and Chase. Now I'm, I'm definitely taking them over Samuel. So maybe uh, yeah. Yeah. His, his, yeah. his 45 right for me is his 45 for me is going to come up maybe around the 30 bottom end wide receiver three, like a Jarvis or a Robbie Anderson. I could definitely okay. see a Samuel up producing them. Okay. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. I think, I think, uh, I, think it's I just, just I, I think it's a real, I think Curtis Samuel and like really all three of these guys that we've kind of talked about here is that like Gabriel Davis, Darnell Mooney and Curtis Samuel, 
They all are they're all just good names to stick in the back of your brain. You don't necessarily have to agree with my rankings, but just stick those names in the back of your brain. So when you hit those like mid to like start to like get towards the double digit rounds, and even when you hit about round ten, like start looking at those names and be like draft, draft, draft. Yeah, if you're still know? sitting there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes. I for mean, they're good. They're the good names if you about, went yeah. running back heavy early in the draft. They're good. I think they're going to be good names to have like on your bench. That could easily be either bi week fill ins or potential like every absolutely every single week starters. You and know? Throw, throwing Russell Gage in that same category because I think we ended up being so similar on him. We didn't yeah, I think we're way show. too. I think I think by the time the season rolls around, we're gonna all. I think everyone's gonna be way too low on Russell Gage. I, yep. I'm talking about every fantasy not, analyst. I think, I think everyone him. is just forgetting about Russell Gage. Or another name to think about is Olamide Zacchaeus. I was going to go Darby. I, like I was going to go Darby, the guy they drafted. Yes, I drafted him in sixth. Yes, draft capital matters. That's not much of an investment. Mm-hmm. But I like what he did in 2019 because he didn't play in 2020. Uh, he seems like a touchdown grabber, a red zone guy. Okay. Big guy. I mean, just because a team didn't spend a lot of draft capital on a guy doesn't mean mm-hmm. that he can't be a fantasy relevant player. I mean, the always the first mm-hmm. name that comes to my brain is going to be Arian Foster. You can you can be critical about the move of getting Julio all you want, but I think getting rid of Julio, not addressing receiver in the draft, not really addressing it in free agency, says something about Gage and Olamides and uh, uh, Pitts, quite frankly. But let's go ahead. I like how you said Olamides. Did I say it wrong? His name. Yeah, Olamide. Olamide. There's yeah, no yeah, S on the end. Yeah. Okay. No. Good call. It's Olamide Zacchaeus. Gotcha. Is it back to me now? The last, the, as of the last time I heard his name pronounced. Okay. I think it could be right. something different, you know, like. Right. Uh, anyways, um, who do we got next here? Um, me, I'm right? sure we're now running really long. I'm yeah, going to you, call sorry. you out on. I'm going to call you out on LaVisca Chenault. I I know that some people have been saying Chenault, but as, as, as of me doing some research on him, it was phonetically pronounced out Chenault. So until I hear different, like maybe that was out of date information as far as pronunciation, but yeah. Um, so you have him at 35. I have him at 50. We all know that last season um, Chenault was dealing with a little bit of injuries and he also had Gardner Minshew and Turkey neck. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I said Turkey neck again. I met Mike Glennon, um, you know, and, oh, and right. There was Jake Luton in there too, folks. Mm. Um, and I know you, I know, and like, maybe I'm probably way too low on him, but I just kind of wanted to know what, how take your temperature on him and why you got him up. So, I mean, that's wide end of wide receiver three territory, Mm -hmm. which he easily could be, but I mean, just with, and like, he's probably going to be the slot guy. And they're talking about Travis Etienne being like a, like lining up as a wide receiver and being like the third down receiving back and everything. Don't you think that maybe that hurts some discussion all, or do you think that he's going to get some playing time over like Marvin Jones? Um, I think I've got reasonably high expectations of the offense, um, given how the spread okay. how the spread is kind of converting over. I think he fits it in terms of size. I have some doubts about Shark in terms of staying healthy and how they how they want to use him, or should I say how they want to funnel the offense? I feel like they don't not necessarily want to take deep shots. They want a lot of uh, crossing routes and a lot of uh, run after catch. And I think he's he's done a lot of that in college. Um, I think he's uh, there's there's some hype, uh, to be fair, uh, that I'm buying into a little bit here coming out of camp. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you uh, think about this? 
Are you thinking that maybe like Chanel could be like a Keenan Allen esque style player if he like cleans up his footwork and his route running? You know, like he doesn't have to be Devonte Adams level of like footwork, but mm-hmm. you know, if he gets somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, and like like I said, polishes his route running a little bit. You know, like he's he's a physical dude. Like he's he's six one, six two. You know, depending on where you look at and everything, he's not the fastest. You know, he's got that four or five eight speed. That's not mm-hmm. great, but maybe that's why they're thinking more of a, a Etienne as as like a third down guy. He's got more speed than that, but I don't know. I'm 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 just trying to pick your brain here. That's all I'm doing. I think I think they want to have a couple guys in a certain role. Uh, uh-huh. I, I hate to keep invoking the name because I understand Chenault's a bigger man, but uh, Percy Harvin, and there was some discussion about Urban Meyer ta- wanting um, the Florida receiver. Why do I always forget his name? Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. As Every his time. Kind of gadget. I would say gadget because that has a negative connotation with production. Not too gadgety, but uh, the guy to play that role. Um, a lot of hype coming out about Chanel is that he's willing uh, excels at that that's what he did in Colorado so I'm seeing him as him as more of a focal point than shark shark um, and okay. I, I think that backs can eat too through the air game uh, but I think they'll find creative ways to get Chanel the ball but also win from the slot is how they're kind of using okay it. cool um, what what say you about um, Odell Beckham here you got him at 30 and I got him at, at wide receiver 22 um really is it is it is that is that the reason is that just because like i know he's had a litany of injuries but he's i mean like listen to this though he's he's played in and granted this is uh, this is maybe no, my the argument against him being a wide receiver too but he's played in 12 games 15 16 4 uh, 12, 16, sure. and 7. I mean, so yeah, he's been injured and he's been banged up, but when he plays, he's not bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 2019, when he played all 16 games, so all 16 games in that season, he had 133 Baker Mayfield targets, yes. which I think that Baker Mayfield has definitely grown in a year and a half since then. Mm-hmm. He had 74 receptions on that. Not great, but that's not really Odell. Hello, Beckham, for some reason, they do not use him as a short yardage like target guy i don't know you mean a red really zone sure target why. what's that you mean a red zone target i said oh, short sorry. yardage guy short 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 area field i got you i'm sorry yeah um and it, i mean they have jarvis landry for that a but still but i mean and he, he had over a thousand yards that season only four touchdowns um yeah I think that, that would have made run. him that would have made him wide receiver twenty five last year. Last year he would have been wide receiver twenty five with that with that stat line. So if you bump up his receptions a little bit more and maybe give him a few more touchdowns, now we're talking about a wide receiver too. And you mm-hmm. and yeah, we're talking about Odo Beckham, so maybe you do have to factor in that effect that he might miss a few games here and there. But the but the games that he does play in, you know, he could easily be a wide receiver too on your team. You know? I look at him as more of a flex guy. I just I think those days are behind him, uh, or at least I'm not willing to take a chance on him at wide receiver 24. I think that Baker's really grown a lot. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't mean Beckham's a 1A anymore. I just I, I don't didn't think say he, he was. Well, fair, and you're not taking him there. I'm just saying I, exactly. 
I don't know. I think the run game is more of the one A here. I just with that defense and that it's run game, it's the one A and one B, really. I don't but, like his know. volume, and I do don't. I think I still have him. I definitely have him above uh, Jarvis, right? So I mean, and I yeah. did make and I did make a mention of uh, some of the guys that I might be moving. So he could creep up a little, given if I want to move, you know, like an Ayuk or a Deontay down. But uh, no, I'm comfortable with him there. I just I worry about his volume. His production is not what it used to be two or three years ago. Uh, what have you done for me lately? Type of thing, I guess. Yeah. I th- I think his I think his production is mainly due to the low Browns low touchdown upside. Baker Baker Mayfield. I mean, if they unleash him this season and they they can really have a high flying offense. I mean, just it, it's gonna be it's gonna be run game first. Definitely. Yeah, we can't we can, but, yeah, both right. of them. Both running backs. That's what I'm saying. I was going to let you finish, but I just, I'd have to start moving Chubb and Hunt down, or at least Hunt, you know. Um, obviously, Chubb and a good fantasy receiver can coexist for sure. I just, uh, I think they want to run in the red zone, and he doesn't get the looks he used to deep down the field. I think you need to watch some Baker Mayfield game tape then, because he does get looks downfield quite a bit. I mean, Odell uh, doesn't. And if you want to, and if you want to, uh, and if you want to check out some Baker Mayfield the game film, yes. you can always check out my Ion video where my lighting is all weird and everything because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But it does show good Baker Mayfield play and some For sure. bad Baker Mayfield play because it does it is there. But I mean, it's I'm not and I'm not trying to like pimp that video too much, but it does like watching that stuff. I'm like Baker can make some downfield throws, and they definitely targeted Odell Beckham downfield last season. So I'm not trying to rain on your parade too much there, but it's definitely oh, yeah, I got a you. thing, and I think it's going mm-hmm. to continue to be a thing until they, until I see that Odell Beckham can't run downfield very very efficiently anymore, you know? So, whatever. Um, I, I, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. That's the that show, folks. That's the Goodbye. Show. Goodbye. Goodbye. Peace Goodbye. out. No. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Chris, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Have you ever thought about going to prison? Thought about going to prison? Yeah. Like, like do you think prison is really like how they depict it in movies? Uh, no, but I think it's really, really bad. I mean, just the actual freedom being taken from you is is pretty significant. I think we having all gone through isolation and pandemic, I think we can admit that, you know, freedom's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah so I mean, that, like, that alone I, I, no I, I had a buddy who was in prison for like he did an extensive amount of prison time and when i first met him it, he was fresh out of the pen and this dude was enormous he oh, was wow. so jacked because you know it's prison and that's what you do you don't have much to do um but he's like yeah it's it's not it's not easy and i was like really and he's like yeah I never asked him the question that was always lingering in my brain. I'm not going to go into that here, but um, yeah, I I was thinking about going to prison earlier today and I was like, is it really as bad as like, you know, am I constantly going to be in trouble in, in like, there's a, there's a threat of me getting shanked. Let me rephrase it. Is there a constant threat of the average person getting shanked if they go to prison? Me, of course, because I talk a lot of trash. Oh, I'm going to get shanked if I go to prison. Have you seen Oz from HBO? Like it's probably like three decades old now. Like it's it's from like the nineties. It was late nineties. I saw the very last episode. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so have and I've seen part of the first that, season. Have you ever met a prisoner that was like, oh, that's so fake? No, they're usually like, dude, that happened to me. That's so, legit. yes, it is yeah. awful. <laughs> I made that up. I don't know. <laughs> Note to self, don't go to prison. Um, duly noted. Yeah, duly noted, don't go to prison. Probably, I mean, me specifically, I'm kind of getting shamed. I'm so getting shamed. <laughs> if I go to prison. Anyways. Yeah, I'm a real easy target. So, um, if you're checking us out on YouTube, you can always check us out on what podcast format. Pretty much wherever podcasts are available, you know, you can check that thing down there. Um, and if you're checking us out in podcast format, you can check us out on YouTube, which Chris has put a lot of work into our the aesthetic of this show. Um, you know, so you can give us give us a comment about how you what you think how it looks, and I'm gonna just continue to trip over my words. Until next time, next week we will be doing a show that is called At the Right Price. That's right. right Price. It's going to be a good one. And so you have to check out that episode next week and to find out what that means. It's kind of self-exploratory, I think. But, you know, in case you didn't get get the, the, the thing there. Once again, tripping over the words. That means it's time to wrap up this show. Average draft price. Get it, folks? Right. Yeah, so Josh tripping over his words. That means he's tired and it's time to end the show. Thank you for checking us out. We always appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe wherever available. Leave us a comment and, and just say what's up. You know, we appreciate it. Um, And uh, you can always email us at amazingffb at gmail.com to get uh, it's Discord server invites. Man, we got to end this. I'm 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 just tripping all over the place over these. I'm not talking. So until next time, folks, have a goodbye. See ya.